Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is where we have motivational, inspiring conversations and interviews that we hope you'll enjoy listening to. If you're interested in creating more balance in your life, understanding your five element energetic nature, finding the path of greatest ease, or releasing the baggage of this lifetime and discovering ancient alchemy that can help you fly in your life, Join us and other inspired actioneers on this alchemical, transformational journey. Welcome back, inspired actioneers. I'm Jay, and I'm here with my co-host, Lita Herman, in the amazing Truro, Massachusetts, which is the inspired action headquarters for the next 30 days. We're on a little workcation. We're kind of moving along here with a lot of different projects. This is pod 22. Wow, Alita, we did it. We finished our first season of the Inspired Action Podcast. It was so much fun. And now we're on to season two. Yes, iTunes never had seasons before. But once we realized that they had added that, it was so much easier for people to listen seasonally. So we decided it was perfect timing. Uh, with the start of season two that we do our first podcast about stage two of alchemy. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, we got a lot of foundational work done in the first, what we're calling now season. Um, So if you're new, just listen to season one and you'll be all caught up. And, you know, we covered a lot of concepts such as the five elements, Wu Wei, time management, self-cultivation, a little bit about keeping a journal for your homework um, to kind of be the observer in your life. And a lot of meditations we talked about and alchemy in general. And hopefully if you've been listening since the beginning, you're starting to feel like you're getting things under control in your life and things are feeling a bit easier for you. It's about asking yourself better questions. I know I say that over and over and over, and I probably say that in every podcast, but that is really what uh, a lot of what this actual podcast is about, a dialogue that you have with yourself. You know, small changes will lead to medium changes. They'll lead to bigger changes. So if you want to do this work in your life, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. We're going to say that like three times today. I'm sure we're just going to, you know, baby steps. It's a great place to start. They want to climb out of the crib before they have the strength. So we're, we're going to try to start to climb out of the crib today. Yeah, today we're going to climb out of the crib. That's, right. that's, the, that's the perfect place to start stage two. You know, so, you know, like we just talked about the explanation of the transition to stage two. You know, we're here now. Let's actually talk about what stage two of alchemy is really about. Let's yes. Give, us, give the rundown. Good idea. Okay. So stage two is called talisman. So most of us have heard that word before, but what does it really mean? I mean, you know, I think of when you say talisman is an object for protection, some some sort of protection. Yes. Yes. So a talisman is an amulet a person might wear on their chest to ward off evil, especially in ancient times where people believed in, you know, the evil eye and all kinds of scary. And I know when I do a little bit of stone medicine, I often make amulets and pendants that can be viewed as a talisman. Yes, because the energetics, you know, today we believe the energetics of stones can be like amulets and the energy can protect you or clear you or do lots of different things. But but today, today, stage two is something even cooler than just wearing an amulet, in my opinion. It's a metaphor based on the talisman concept. So when you go on to stage two, you become the amulet. Yes, yes, I like that. That's a cool way to put it because we've all had negative experiences. And at the end of those experiences, when it's all said and done, we swear that we never, ever, ever, ever want to have that experience again. 
We've all had that, right? Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, at some point in everyone's life, myself included, you know, you somewhere, this is how I always view it. And I, when I talk about it with people, somewhere you gave away your power. That's, that's how I view it because somewhere or someone or saw something put you in a position that you were not authentically yourself. Yeah. It could be a lost love, some kind of betrayal, maybe a physical accident or a physical attack, something worse, you know, emotional abuse or whatever awful thing happened. Now you're determined to make sure it never ever happens you again. Know, it's right. And it doesn't matter what it was. It could, it's going to be different for every person and you might have multiple things, but it is, it's a, like you said, it's the metaphor of what has gone on in your yes, past. And, and protecting against it. So the idea behind stage two is that when one of these things happens in our lives, we build a little fortress on our chest, which is an amulet of sorts to stop it from ever happening again. You can think of it as armor. You know, you made me just think right out of the top of my head of like Lord of the Rings and Frodo got the mithril, oh, right. which is the little, the little suit of armor that he wears under his, under his shirt that no one can see. And you know, it is, it, mithril is the strongest make-believe yes. armor that anyone can get. Right. <laughs> We're going to go with the idea that mithril is the strongest armor in the make-believe <laughs> science fiction world. Yes. And so going back to the fortress concept, um, Wait, wait, wait. Is it a fortress or is it armor? You're confusing me. <laughs> okay. So in general, I think of it as armor and that's a great analogy, but let's go back to the fortress analogy for a minute. <laughs> okay. So each each incident is a fortress? <laughs> right. Because if if a bad incident happens, you create a little fortress over here on the left side of your chest. And then if another bad incident happens, then you create another little fortress on the other side and each one gets its own little fortress. And for one thing, a fortress, why I like that analogy is it needs a lookout tower because we need to be on constant vigilant watch to make sure that we detect any early signs of this bad thing coming. Okay, that sounds like a lot of energy to me and output. Constantly have to watch out, make sure, you know, we're always looking for the bad. If you're always looking for the bad, you don't have time to look for the good. Yeah, I mean, like imagine if you had a new relationship and you just came out of a relationship where somebody cheated on you. You can't, almost you can't help, but in the back of your mind think, why is that person acting strange today? Are they cheating on me? So that's your your fortress with your lookout tower. You can't yeah. help it. You you want to avoid the bad and from happening again. That's just not fair to the new person, right? And you're not or living to yourself. authentically. You're not living open. You know, so we all need to to have these fortresses, and we fortify them with this armor. And we need to be stronger so we can avoid. You know, the next time this bad thing comes our way, we can stop it. Yeah. And, and we think, if only I'd been stronger and done such and such, I could have stopped that bad thing from happening. So next time, there's no way I'm going to be caught unarmed. Yeah, and you know, you want to, you're going to be ready all the time. You're always fortifying, fortifying. You know, you know. Okay, I'm going to do another one, another Lord of the Rings reference. So you remember when they were all the heroes were trapped in that what was it called? Uh, Helm's Deep, Helm's yes, Deep, the yes. impenetrable castle. Okay, so they're stuck there, and the heroes are in there, and uh, the orcs and all the bad guys were just pounding and pounding and pounding on those doors, and they were getting blasted. And there was the impenetrable, said impenetrable. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to stumble on that word. Okay, so it was like this badass castle. How's that? Yeah. Okay, and so they were safe for a long time, but 
bigger yeah. and badder baddies kept coming and coming and coming and yeah. blasting on the Those doors. Those were the orcs. The orcs were going to like yeah. totally. Bl- and they had ogres and they had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I think Helm's Deep was one of the, the in the myth what had never been breached. Never. Yeah. But, but anyway, they someone the came to the rescue. Movie, by the way, right? Someone came to the rescue. Yes, they and, always come to the rescue. Yes, at the end. yes. But you know, let's go back to this. at dawn. Yes. on the white steed. <laughs> okay. Right. So we build these fortresses as a way to protect and to watch to make sure that these bad things don't happen again. So what if you? What do you do if you've had more than one bad thing happen to you? You know, or they just keep happening over and over and over. You just build more and more fortresses and you have a city of fortresses. Yeah. So, you know, that's good for a battle, but not good for a human being trying to have a loving and kind and loving, beautiful life. You might have enemies coming from the north, the south, the east and the west. I mean, you might even have like, like the Great Wall of China. Yeah, that's a big wall. Oh, that's a (laughs) twice. That's a big beep wall. (laughs) Yes, but actually that's much more serious. If if we're going to go with that analogy... That's much more serious than a couple fortresses, you know, and I'm not even joking really seriously. If you've built the Great Wall inside yourself, you're probably walled in yourself and now you're stuck. In Chinese medicine, that's called internal devils. And what it really means, it's like you've built a wall around your heart and no one is getting in ever and you're stuck inside there. Even you can't get out. You know, it's that's just a great analogy of how people can build these defenses. You know, when I explain it to people, it's like, you know, Lita, you said this, you're the one who told me this. It's like you have cellophane around your heart. People can say, see in, and you can see out, but there's no access. You can't really make that really serious connection. So how is the wall around your heart different than the fortresses? Well, we all have fortresses. So you don't have to be stuck to have these fortresses. It's kind of par for the course. If you've been on this planet for more than, say, 20 years, you've likely experienced at least one thing you never, ever want to happen again. That's human nature. It's just the way it is. You know, it could be less serious than like a major, you know, horrific event, but still they're problematic. Yes. Correct? Right. And some of those major horrific events, people are fine. They just build a fortress and other people build the Great Wall of China yeah. around their heart. I mean, so. there's so many examples. <laughs> we'll get into them, but there's so many yeah. examples. But we're not going to talk about the Great Wall. We're just going to talk about sort of our normal lives and how we normally tend to build these fortresses. And as life progresses, we've built another of these, many of us, you know, the older we get. <laughs> yeah. And we're constantly trying to prevent bad things from happening. And what does that mean? It means we're not able to open our hearts and live life fully and happily. You know, it's true. You're missing out on the beauty and the wonder of life and love and happiness. If you're living in the fortress that is dark and it's unhappy and you're always on guard, you're always waiting for, what do they say, the other shoe to drop? Yeah, the other, uh, I've had people tell me that all the time. Yeah, all the time, right? So you're not free. You want to be like the child dancing and running through the field of flowers. You know, we're living in these darkness with the curtains drawn and the peepholes through the thick walls, looking out at the children running in the field of the beautiful flowers, (laughs) okay? So Uh, that's sad. That's that's really really sad. sad. So how do we we transition from, so if you're you're nodding your head going, Yes, 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 I have this, I have that. Or you're thinking that you don't know what it is, but that's ringing true. Yes. Then you, you, we have, you need to keep listening. Yeah, so that's why we're here. Stage two is is a hard stage, but it's very important. Because, yeah, it's very serious and important. I'm going to yeah. try not to make it too crazy funny, but you know, we're going to try to put a little happiness in it. Yeah, well, 
the happiness is there's a solution. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. So stage two is about, you know, this, this seemingly impossible thing that I'm going to say that you're going to be like, what? So here it is. You ready? Ready for the truth bomb. The truth bomb. Yes, that's what it is. The best protection is no protection. Yeah. So, you know, I could do my usual. Okay, that's it. Show's over. Show's over. Go home. Mind Nothing drop. else to hear, but no, we're going to go <laughs> further. So what is no protection? You know, what does it mean to live life completely vulnerable? What does that the best protection is no protection mean? So it's a tall order. I always recognize when I say this to people that they're going to be like, they're going to take, it's going to take a while for many people to even compute what I'm saying, especially in this day and age. Yeah. I think most people are like, what? No protection is protection. Huh? What? It doesn't make sense to me. So if you're thinking that, no worries, we're going to explain this crazy sound and idea. So here's how it works. I always use a Tai Chi master as an example. If someone throws a punch at the Tai Chi master, the master moves effortless, effortlessly, almost slowly out of the line of attack and the attacker falls on the ground. It's so easy. The Tai Chi master has such confidence and ease with his movements. It's like a game or her yeah. movements, I should say. <laughs> yes, yeah, in her movements. That's right. It makes me think of Yoda from Star Wars. Okay, so this is another sci-fi reference, another sci-fi thing, but who has not heard of Yoda? Okay, everybody's heard of Yoda. You know, he may look tiny and old and frail and even completely vulnerable hobbling along with his little cane, but make no mistake, he could easily and will easily kick your beep if you tried to hurt him or anyone that he really cared about. And he shows that through his actions. You know, no one could ever hurt him though as you, you know, if you start to He's untouchable. He's untouchable. As you start to understand him, he's in complete harmony with all around him including himself. Yes. He's untouchable. I like that. It's totally Yoda. The only way something can hit you and hurt you is if you present it with a target. So what do you think is the target? I don't know. I'm going to go with the armor or the fortress. Yes. That's like the moving target. Yes. And, and so since you think it will protect you, you don't move out. You don't even move out of the line of fire. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you, the the Tai Chi master or Yoda, they don't stand there and let themselves get pumped. They get out of the way. It goes right by them, right through them. You barely even see Yoda move. He's like on one second on one side of the room, the next minute he's on the other side of the room. He just flicks his thing and (laughs) boom, ships are flying and stuff. So what we do is not only do we have the armor, we hold a shield up to the attack and let let that get pummeled. I mean, if, if a bullet manages to break your armor, boy, that's really going to hurt. And you're going to be angry at yourself for having weak armor. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, the truth is, this is a hard truth. And this is, you know, hard for a lot of people to understand. There's always something out there stronger than whatever fortress or armor that you've built. Yes. And let's say instead of focusing on blocking the attack with your armor, you think of yourself as full of holes like Swiss cheese. And you're actually just a bunch of molecules and atoms with a lot of space around them. And you've just got to organize these molecules into a dense physical matter that we call the body. And if you recognize this, you're not going to protect yourself. You're full of holes. Then the bullets just go right through you. Yeah. So we'll go back to your, your saying there's no protection. 
So the, the protection is no protection. Then there's nothing to hit you, nothing to break you, nothing to hurt you. Right. And I think it's easier if we take it to the non-physical level, since maybe it's a bit easier to understand. You know, someone can only hurt your feelings if you let them. If you're trying to stop someone from hurting you, but your protection actually creates more pain than if you just don't take anything personally. The barbs are being thrown at you, and they only hit their mark if you are trying to protect against them. Yeah, things are flying by. (laughs) You know, in other words, if you like the Tai Chi master, and you can use that metaphor that example if it helps you the only reason we need protection is that we don't want to be hurt yes and the only thing that can hurt us is our own protection being here hit pierced or destroyed think about it it's what you're doing to protect yourself is actually what's hurting it's causing more pain yeah so so what does it take to live yeah let's talk about what it takes to live with no protection yes so i like people to check out Brene Brown. If you don't know her, she did an initial TED talk a a few years back and we'll reference it in the show notes. It was called The Power of Vulnerability. Yeah, we both love that talk. You know, she also has a a good book called The Power of Vulnerability, which we will put a link to the TED talk and to the book book. in the show notes. And she believes that vulnerability is the key to having a happier life and that protection leads to unhappiness and a feeling of disconnect. Well, that's in alignment, what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, so I love how unprotected she was when she gave the TED Talk. That's why I want you to actually look at her give the TED Talk. She showed her vulnerability, which I think made her even stronger. And also, it made a very good case for how when we're constantly needing to protect ourselves, it's just exhausting and no fun. Yeah, you know, living a carefree life, you know, like is like what the Hakuna Matata. Yeah, Hakuna Matata. Right there. Okay, now there you go. Good. <laughs> it's our philosophy to be wary free. Okay, we have to sing in every episode. Yeah, in we case should do like new. a GoFundMe for singing lessons for yes. Jay, right? Yes, for me. we're gonna have to definitely start okay. the GoFundMe. So, uh, all right, but my point is, living unprotected, you know, the carefree life is what you want. You don't, you want to. Be that lightness of being, feel that lightness of being. It's a joy, essentially, a joy for life. You know, it's an important step on the alchemy path because as you move through this and you get on to say like stage four and we relearn how to live a carefree life like a child, we can't do that until guess what? We released our baggage and that is this stage, stage two. Stage two. Not the fun one. The other thing we call it is releasing the baggage of this lifetime. Yeah. And so you wanted to talk a little bit about we had this conversation earlier about Gangaji. Yes. Um I've listened a lot to Gangaji. Jay not so much, but we mentioned her in an earlier podcast and one of the recordings that I think is really relevant here, it's called Open, Unprotected and Free. And I did find one on YouTube, so I'll I'll put a note in for that in the show notes. And I just think she has a beautiful way of describing how free you feel when you live unprotected. And so I listened to it a bunch years ago when I was doing stage two and I found it helpful. You know, there's a lot of, we're not saying this is the only way to move through these obstacles in your life. This is the alchemical way. This is the way that has worked for us. Yes. So there are resources that we love to pass along as well. So, um, okay, so let's move a little bit. So how do our listeners or anyone who's into this get started with stage two? You know, let's do some wood-like energy here. Boom. Let's get some actionable (laughs) steps, like one, two, three. Boom. Yes, leave it to Jay to get us into action here. Let's go. Get some concrete things going on. Okay. So the first step is you must take a journey through your life. Just like you were doing in stage one for each day, only this time it's your life. 
What are the events that cause you to create your protections? That's the big question. Imagine your chest is full of these little tiny fortresses, each one representing an old hurt that you never want repeated. You know, I always suggest the journaling. You know, I love to journal. And, you know, we're going to be doing a whole show on journaling in a yes. few bit. The Inspired Action yes. Alchemical Journaling yes. is what we're going to call it. I think it's the easy way, easiest way to look at your life what you like, what you don't like, and start to see yourself maybe as the world sees you and you don't see yourself. So it's kind of like the, a way to observe your own life. Yes. And I think the journaling is great because together we're creating a very cool way to do this kind of journaling. Yeah. Wait, let's save that for the upcoming show. Okay. But for today in your journal, write down or on a piece of paper, write down a list of these protections, this armor, the fortresses that you have created in your own life. What are the things that you never, ever want to happen to you again? But remember, this is hard work. We're going to talk yeah. about baby steps again. Just go easy, go slow, see what comes to you, see what come, what feels in alignment. Yeah. And then you're going to take each one at a time. And so this is slow work. This is not, you know, a one day thing. You do a meditation on each one. And if it feels okay, it could be hard and painful and scary. You don't, you don't want to unleash a lifetime of baggage in a single day. <laughs> that's true. We want to go slow. <laughs> it could be a Pandora's box. And that's not a joke, actually. Um, that's for real. So you go gentle with yourself. The goal of your meditation is to release the protection you're carrying and put down the heavy armor. And again, baby steps. It might sound easy for us to just say, write down a few of the worst things that have ever happened in your life. Or remember that such and such at such and such a time you did that you totally did not want to do. I mean, these are serious things and it's going to be hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And if you've had uh, a lot of like really intense history, I mean, we're we're just now at this Kavanaugh uh, hearing. It's triggered a lot of people. It, it evidently, what did you say? 200% up 500 percent 500 percent the calls to the hot you know lines. hotlines yeah were, went up that much because people got triggered so could have been a lot of things that just tucked away on on people and these experiences they were watching these events unfold on tv and a lot of them had to turn it off they couldn't watch it they were yes. like you know just completely triggered and if, if you are feeling like there are some things in your past that are very triggering, you're not ready to do that work, that's fine. You know, I think, you know, we're going to have lots of ways to do stage two work. We're going to be doing this for a while. Yeah. We're going to be talking about different um, actionable steps that you can yeah. take. So if you do have some really strong things that you're aware of in your past, maybe don't start with the big ones first. Yeah. Let's start with the smaller ones. We're trying to make this a positive experience. Yes. This will so, hopefully be a positive experience. But again, it's going to take time. And it's up to you to say, you know, this isn't going to work for me or this works for me. And that's that we can't control that because we're not sitting in your living room right now. So, you know, so make sure for you, if it's not feeling positive, let's find another way. Yeah, this is, and again, the journal can help, the meditations can help, and just actually hearing us talk about this yeah. and starting to have an inner dialogue with yourself yeah. could also be positive. So the first suggestion that we'd like to make is to go through your day and letting things go like we did in stage one. So right. this could be done through a meditation or through a journal, correct, Lita? Right. Okay, and great. so 
that's the thing. Like if, if going through your life is too much, go back to stage one. Maybe you're not ready to start stage two. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Totally. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you're ready to start stage two, just like the stage one meditation, you're starting at the beginning and you're letting go of these major events that you've been hanging on to, that you buried, that are hidden. They need to come out and then they need to go away. Again, we you just need to take this as they come up. Yeah. And work through them and start to have a dialogue with yourself. Yeah. So you, you're going to be going back through this old stuff, you know, that person that did that thing to me or that accident that ruined my life. Or if only I'd be given a chance back in high school to do it differently. Yeah. This is hard work. You have to take your time. You have to wait till you feel ready. Yes. And the other thing you could do while doing this exercise is imagine that you could do it differently. If at some point in the future, you could ease, you know, you would, you were in the same situation, you could easily sidestep it like the Tai Chi master does. You know, yeah. It's like imagining the worst case scenario. However, we should just say this is not a good suggestion for anyone who has PTSD about really old traumas or serious traumas or anything. Yeah. So skip this one if that's the case, because reimagining something that's like a worst case scenario doesn't really help PTSD. No, and again, if you have a big event like that, maybe start with the smaller ones. Yes. Yes. Pick something that's not so threatening. Pick something that you don't have PTSD about. If you would like to do this homework, you can start with something that was painful, but not that painful. Mm -hmm. This is what you do is you go through the unfolding of the event, event from start to finish, except this time under the same circumstances, you now have different choices. You are older now. You're more mature. You're wiser. You might make different choices because you have the wisdom of time. Yeah, you might have a completely different reaction to it. And maybe you don't let it affect you. It doesn't cripple you. It doesn't put you in the power of letting uh, that position of letting your power go. And you have the knowledge of the past now that, uh, that alone can release you from this pain you experienced then. So just because you had the pain then doesn't mean you'd ever have to repeat it. Yeah. And what would it feel like to not have to go through that pain? Yeah. So that's the start. We're going to work on stage two for a while. And we have some meditations that are really going to help you release things. Yeah. You know, before we go any further, let's talk. You know, this does take a time on this stage. You can't, re like we just said, you can't release the baggage of your lifetime in just one day. These exercises that we have created and these meditations are tools they're going to take a year or even 10 years to complete for some people. Yeah. And you know, and, time is irrelevant. Yeah. This is an emotional journey and it's one that you need to get through before you get to the other stages. Yes. And so, so what if it takes months or years or lifetimes to release a specific one incident if it was a bad one? Yeah. You're looking for, you know, a real change in your attitude, attitude towards anything that reminds you of that old event that Lita just talked about. Yeah. Like anything, if you look at it differently now or how you would react differently, how you do put yourself not in that position again, if you wanted to release your fear, yeah, release that fear and yeah. the need to protect yourself from that event happening again. Then you can begin to feel confident in your walk through life, which is the key to being authentic. Yeah. You know, Lita, the way I look at it, this stage is ultimately about falling in love with yourself and being completely into yourself. And that's okay. 
Yeah, that I'm glad you brought that up because that I wanted to say that that this stage is also what I call the loving yourself yeah, stage. Well, you've got to really get into yourself. Yeah. So when you release the painful baggage that you've been carrying around, that something someone else did it to you, or you were part of something bad outside of you, and even if you were the person who did that bad thing, that's all baggage. Yeah. And if if one of your life goals, and I hear this often, is to fall in love and have an amazing life with a special person, you really should think about working on your bleep, bleep, yeah, yeah, and clearing out the old baggage to make room for good baggage. If you're always looking for a partner to complete you, well, that's never going to work because the partner could go away. You know, they, they might leave you or they might even die. And then you're left incomplete again. And so, you know, happiness and self-realization comes from inside yourself. So that is what stage two is about, being complete in yourself by being 100% confident in who you are. Then if someone comes at you with a hurtful, mean thing to say to you, you can smile and not even feel the pain. Why Why can you do that now? Well, because you're loving yourself. You have your heart open. You're trusting yourself. And if you love yourself and you're true to yourself, you don't need them, everyone out there, to love you anymore. And that's the self-love allows you to deal with your fears. Yes. You can take on anything. Yeah. This is the crux of it. Self-love. Your loving yourself is the secret to the best protection is no protection. There you go. We cracked that open. That's it. I'm glad we kept going. We didn't mic drop at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, we had to go through that. See, we're we're discovering as we go the best way to explain this. I have a good example. Okay, so let's talk about a woman who would have said she loved herself. But in reality, she didn't behave like she loved herself because she had an incessant need to please everyone and be liked. So she was always gauging how good she was by what others thought of her. And so she may have thought she loved herself because at the time that I met her, no one was really upset with her. But it was clear if she fell out of disfavor with her friends or her family, she would be devastated. And then she'd feel true self-hatred. And this was a cycle that was repeated for her whole lifetime. And so let's call her Kimmy. And, you know, she sailed through stage one as I was working with her. You know, she found it easy to work through those various steps in, in that stage. And when we started stage two, she started reviewing her life and she had had many, many heart pains in her past. And every mean thing anyone ever said to her, she remembered. And she said, many mean things back to people too. And it was kind of a two-way street many times. And she worked on her stuff. And over time, about a year, she discovered it mostly all stemmed back to a time in grammar school where all the kids ganged up on her and wouldn't speak to her for over a month. Wow. And they complained that she wasn't a good friend and they just cut her off from all of them. And it was devastating to her. That is like a tough event. I think, you know, one of the worst things that can happen to uh, any human being is is this idea of being cast out, like excommunicated yeah. from your group, right? Yeah, and that's just, what happened to her. Yep, out on an island. Yeah. And it's a tough, it's a tender age for that to happen. Yeah. You know, grammar school is rough. And any it, school now from like yeah. pre-kindergarten through college. Yeah. Well, we just I just saw that eighth grade movie. Oh my God. That I was mean crazy. Heartbreaking. I mean, that stuff is rough. Anyway, so it's impactful on many levels. And she she told me that ever since then she had made sure that it would never happen again by being the nicest, sweetest friend ever. 
You know, however, this often meant she got lost in her own shuffle. She was a people pleaser to the max. You know, I do see this sometimes when I'm coaching. You know, it's actually common, maybe not to that degree, but the question I ask them is where is there time for the, I'll say the Kimmy, where's your time for that person in the scenario? Like, where are they? The answer, you know, they don't, they're not there. They're always concentrating on people pleasing, helping someone, putting everyone before them. And they sometimes they're so disorientated or morphed into something. They don't even know who they really are. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that's true. And back to Kimmy, after her initial struggle with the stage, we decided to do a Chinese medicine treatment called healing heart pain or the nine heart pains treatment. I think we may have referenced this in another episode. And a lot of the initial trauma from that grammar school came up again in the treatment. And afterwards she felt better and things began to progress nicely. You know, but however, she said for a number of months, she didn't really feel that much different. Suddenly after about six months had passed, she came in very excited and she said one day for no apparent reason, she suddenly felt connected up to the divine. And she wasn't even a religious person, but she said it was a deep sense of calm and security in herself that she'd never felt before. Wow. And it took some time for that deep shift. We had made in the initial treatment a shift and it had to filter up to her consciousness. She said she was really surprised when I initially asked her if if she loved herself. And she couldn't imagine that she didn't love herself. But now looking back, She knew she didn't at all, and it was shocking and sad that she couldn't see that she was being that way in herself. And now she she felt totally different. Yeah, that's so powerful. And isn't that a big part of your alchemical coaching practice is like, you know, you're looking at the baggage that people bring in. Actually, you know, we do that a lot of Nine Palace work, but the baggage just comes up because, you know, what in the past has held you back? If you were not attacked when you were in fifth grade, or if you were not you know, had a big falling out with your boss or got fired or, you know, you got arrested or how would your life have unfolded right. differently? And why, and the actions that you do and the things that you do now, how is that, if we went backwards, your life suddenly jutted to the right and now you do this, this, and this, is that really who you are? Right. Well, that's just you reacting to a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> right, a series of unfortunate events. How about events. that? Yeah, and then isn't it why people make excuses too? Yeah, like, why you have when you're written the book, why are you complaining every day that you hate your car, your job, your house, your partner? I mean, it's the same issues that you're struggling with over and over and over and over. Have you stopped to look and see where this comes from? Yeah, and it's holding you back. Yeah. So those are the th- the things that I look at with I'm working with someone on a more of a long-term basis. You know, some of the most significant questions are about the nine palaces and it could be one or two palaces that really stand out such as wealth or relationship. So we pick a palace, we work on it for a while, see if anything comes out of that, see if we're going down the right path. And yeah, sometimes and- it's wait, sometimes it's too much to do like yeah. all at once. We go very slow. Yeah. And another very simple but powerful exercise that we talk about together, and I love it, I think it helps when people are just starting out with stage two to make, you, you have people do this list two thing, lists, right? The two lists, yeah. So, okay, so what I first do is I have someone write down 10 things that they like hate about themselves. <laughs> you know, okay. like they really can't stand the things that in that they can't stand about themselves. And then after that, I have them write 10 things that they love about themselves. So you have them start with the 10 
they hate, not the 10 they love. Yeah, you know, it's because that's kind of funny because you would think that you would do the loving first, but when I used to do the loving first, people would struggle. They really were like, oh, they couldn't think of 10 things Jeez. that they loved about themselves. And then one day I just flipped it and I said, okay, 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 let's not get stressed about 10 things that you love about yourself. Let's do 10 things that you hate about yourself. And boy, people can start to write about what they hate about themselves a lot easier. And then things just come out, come out, come out. And so you write the 10 things. You could probably write 100 things. Yeah. So then you take the 10 things and then I usually have them, you know, tear it up, crumple it, throw it away. And it's very freeing for them. It's like, you know, on a small scale, it's like, okay, I can let that go. And then I have them write the 10 things that they love about themselves. And it's much easier. Wow. They can start to see things much clearer about the things. And so I have had some people who still struggle. And then I'll say, well, how about 10 things would other people would say that are really good about you? And do they do better? That, that, that helps as well. Wow. That's if really how people have super low self-confidence or low self-esteem and they can't imagine that they're kind and loving and you know, I, like I just, I just love this exercise because it's such a great way to start to pinpoint the things you're going to have to work on in this stage. And if you really do struggle with this this exercise, the, the lists, then this stage two is really important. Yeah. And you know, it's really an easy way. You can do it in your journal. You can do it on a piece of paper. And for to get people to start to celebrate then become aware that they are, you know, really cool and they rock and they're awesome. Yeah. Just know, to a, love the good things. Yeah. The love the good things about yourself. Yeah. It's a great place to it's start. A, a good way. So start with the negative and then move into the positive. And again, it'd be a good place in your journal. But if you don't have a journal, you could just do it on paper, toss the crappy stuff and keep the good. Yes. And some of you may have already done a lot of this work through therapy or counseling or other activities. And in that case, it's time to just be really honest with yourself. Can you honestly say that you don't have protections? Are you protecting? What are you holding back from? Yeah. And, and if you are protecting even a little bit, you still have some stage two work to do. You know, there's still emotional issues of fear and nervousness that might mean, guess what? You got to go back to stage one. There's no shame in that. Well, there's that's no, true. That's certainly that's true. You could not move through and you're really struggling. Instead of saying, F it, you know what? Take a look back, go back to stage one where it was easy. That's a really good point because you can't do the releasing of the baggage of your lifetime. If you're too fearful all the time and everything seems so hard, you go back to stage one. Yeah, because, and if you have serious health issues and you're afraid and you're afraid and you're afraid, those are all go back to stage one and start keep going on the ease, become the observer. But now you can arm yourself with better questions. Yeah. You can start to go backwards. Yeah. You don't write a novel in one day, right? No, <laughs> no. It doesn't appear on Amazon the next day after you say, I'm going to write my novel. <laughs> okay. So First, yeah. you have to start a new routine. You have to, guess what? Change your identity. Yes. You need to become a writer. Change something that's old into something that's new. Not just someone who's talking about writing a book. And that's why stage two comes now, because we can't do the higher level work until we start to change our identity. And a lot of our identity comes from holding on to these baggage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you seriously want to be, I'm going to use the writer as an example, you need to figure out what do writers do. You need to find the time in your life to dedicate. You need to have the energy, the efforts, and guess what? You need to write. Yeah. You need to actually put words together, sentences together, chapters together, books, parts of the book together. It doesn't even matter at this point if it's good, right? You just need to throw it up and get it out. And that's becoming a writer. And alchemy is the same. It's about changing your life and you don't try to change everything all at once. You know, you can get happy and motivated to make changes, 
But if you haven't gone and done stage one work first, you'll get discouraged and fall back into old habits when you do the hard work in stage two. So you're going to have good days and bad days. And more and more, you won't get discouraged. Yeah. You've got to not think that you're never going to have a bad day again. Yeah. Okay. So like, but we want less and less of the bad. Yeah. And one other thing I always, when people start to do this work, they get super excited and they start going at a breakneck pace. They want to change mm-hmm. every bad thing. Right. You have to slow down. Yep. Pick the ones that are really, you know, impacting on your life. Because we want to build resiliency. If you get hit and then fall down, you know, you might be surprised how quickly you get up now. Yeah, you have new foundations, new habits, new routines because you changed your identity. Yeah. You have fail safes that you're building in, ready to go if needed. Yep. And in our next podcast, we're going to give you another tool. So we're going to introduce a new meditation for stage two, and we're going to talk about um, homework for people who are working through the loving yourself. Yeah. So, all right. So for today, let's do the homework for today. So we're going to start reviewing your life with the idea of letting go of your old hurts. You're going to take your time. Jay recommends journaling about them. You could, you know, talk to them about yourself in the car with yourself. Like if you don't want to write it down, have a conversation about with yourself yourself about some of the things that, you know, everyone has them. If this didn't happen, I would have done this. If this didn't happen or if I didn't do this, then I could have done that. Those are the what are the couldas, the shouldas. I mean, some are really painfully bad. And, you know, at the time you could have been a victim or, you know, you just have to look and see. And then you need to maybe pick one or two and start to work on those. And remember, the only caveat is if it doesn't feel safe, you know, don't do it. If it feels safe, you can try imagining new outcomes. Like if that same event happened today, how would it be different? How have you changed so that the pain of those past events wouldn't reoccur? You know, you're trying to get to the point where you no longer need to be, you know, the vigilant watching out for them and protecting yourself from them. Yes. And you know, we can also recommend some stone medicine homework for stage two. Yeah, I love stone medicine. Yeah. We're really into the stone medicine recently. Yeah, we haven't done a podcast on that yet, no. but we will. I'm certain I'm going to make a note right now to do one on stone medicine. It's powerful stuff. You know, in so Lita was mentioning for the homework. So one of the things you could do is, and you can do this, get this pretty much anywhere, is rose quartz. That's really good. Uh, the, the rose quartz from Madagascar, Madagascar is a little more powerful than the normal from Brazil. So if you have a choice and someone says, which one do you want? Pick the Madagascar, yeah. yeah. So you can place it on your chest at night while you're laying in bed, or you can make a pendant, an amulet, a talisman. A talisman. That you can wear on your chest with the rose quartz, and it kind of helps open the armor that you put on your chest. Yeah, actually, it's very important that we say that it's not technically an amulet. Correct. Because you're going to be be, the amulet. You're going to be the amulet. This is more going to help you become open and let go of the armor. There you go. That's a better way of saying it. But you could put it on a pendant or you could just put it on your chest. So the big question is, this is the question to ask yourself. Can you take your armor off? You know, that is a huge question. And that's exactly what we're going to end this podcast on. But can you take the armor off with an open, unprotected hearts? That's how we can sign off for today. Yeah. So we had a lot to digest. We talked about a lot of different things, but can you take the armor off? Yeah. And can you be open and unprotected? And loving and kind. Yes. Great. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Inspired Action Podcast and you've reached the end. 
Woohoo! Why not celebrate a little bit and click that subscribe button right there. We love having you with us on this journey and we want it to continue. You can also rate and review this podcast. And if you have already, thank you so much. We read all reviews and your reviews help other people find this podcast as well. You can also be a part of this podcast yourself by submitting a voice recording message and emailing it to us at Lita at InspiredActionPodcast.com or Jay at InspiredActionPodcast.com. And if you want, you can join our Facebook group or follow us on Instagram. Join us next week for another Inspired Action Conversation. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and remember to hug the dog.